What's up, everyone? Welcome to the very first episode of something like the offseason. We had to kick things off with an absolute banger. We've done just that. For today's conversation, I've had the fortune of sitting down with Anthony Armstrong. Anthony has one of the, if not the single craziest stories as it relates to his journey getting to the NFL before becoming a standout wide receiver for the now Washington Commanders for a number of years. He gives us the entire story during our conversation, and it's one of those great testaments to perseverance, patience, and really just self-belief. I think you're going to like it. We're going to talk about his baseball life, dealing with the transition, finding new feedback loops, how to manage stress and anxiety when you don't have the locker room and your teammates to lean on, and a whole lot more. It was so much fun chopping it up with Anthony, and like I said, we had to do it big for the first one. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. Super excited for you all to dig into the Something Like Their Offseason podcast. I'm your host, Michael Peller, and nickname Musa. Let's get to it. First question, when did you know in high school you were destined for college ball? And when, when you were playing college ball, did you know you were destined for the L? Man, the high school, the college jump, that was, I, I just knew I always wanted to go. And my two schools were UT and Florida State. But when I okay. was at high school, when I was in high school, I won, number one, we weren't that good. And I ain't had that many <laughs> stats. Like, I really didn't have more than, like, 400 yards maybe my whole varsity career, but oh, wow. I never wanted to go. Yeah, like we didn't we didn't throw that much. We had, you know, smaller quarterback back before that was cool. Um, yeah. We just really weren't that good. But in the, in the great state of Texas, man, it was names like Roy Williams, Sloan Thomas, B.J. Johnson, who were the guys at the position, and three of them signed to Texas. So I knew I wasn't going there, but um, <laughs> I ended up going D2. I ended up going D2, and, and I mean, I really got to give a shout-out to my coach, uh, Coach Gerald Roulette for actually do he he took everybody in there all the players and said who wants to go to college to play football you just raise your hand I don't, and he's like I don't care like if you got three reps on kickoff I'm gonna cut you a highlight tape and we'll send it out and he did everything he could to get kids in school and wow. for y'all folks watching this is before huddle this was VHS yeah. tape that you probably don't know nothing about you gotta ask your parents about like he was like hey if you cut the tape. You pick out the highlights, I'll cut it for you. So I'm sitting in the office pressing, you know, Mark, Mark, marking all my plays <laughs> so that he, we can have a highlight tape. So I, I guess, you know, knowing I could go to college, when you, start, when you started to get the recruiting letters and you started to, like, get those questionnaires to come through, and I was like, man, this, 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 could, this could be a thing. This could really happen. But then from the league, from college to the league, man, I, I just every year I would always watch the combine. And you would see the name come across and then you would see their birth year and then you see their stats and order like, you know, 40 and whatnot. And I'm looking like these cats ain't, they ain't, they ain't that fast now, you know? <laughs> and it, I, I really remember it was a, a receiver from USC. I don't know his name and, but he didn't play, but this dude got drafted. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you ain't even play. But you got drafted. Like, that's crazy to me. I'm D2. I'm starting. I'm like All-American D2, whatever. Right, right. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm like, I could have went D1 and walked on and then like hung around <laughs> for four or five years and got a shot, right? So I started right. to kind of think differently. But, 
Man, it was it was when the scouts started coming through. My junior year, I really made yeah, a decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I need to make the, I need to make something out of this, right? I need to leave with my paperwork right. and let me see if I can do this football thing. And my junior year exploded. Scouts coming out, you know, and just talking to teams, and it was like, man, this could be a real thing. Uh, but going undrafted, having an injury, failing a physical in Atlanta, that took me all the way back to one, like Brian McKnight said, <laughs> man. So, I mean, I, I literally took a year off a of ball recovering didn't play in 05 went to odessa played down there played two years of arena and just kind of worked my way up the back road and uh and got to the league in 08. outstanding we're definitely gonna get to that that is crazy but 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 staying on ball question number two who was the toughest player you played against like what was your what was your biggest comp whether it be college juco you know arena high school who was the toughest player you matched up against Man, I, I was thinking about this. I went and looked at these questions, and I was like, "Man, honestly, there's not like one guy that I just circle. I just, yeah. I, 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 I seem to have drawn the team's number one corner more times than not. Right? You know, back in because you're, back in you're college, a burner. You're like a one play, yeah. six point kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can put some put some points on the board if you let me. But <laughs> like in college, the guy, like the couple guys in college, though, like. Uh, Eddie Moten and Jay Lee, Jason Lee down there at A&M Kingsville. Eddie Moten, he was on that show uh, with Andrew Hawkins where they were literally in Cotton Bowl oh. and they were trying to make oh, the yeah. team. He yeah. was one of the final DBs. Dude was oh. cold. I mean, he was a great DB, pure. He ended up playing mostly in Arena League, but he was very good. Um, the name Danielle Manning, uh, he went to D2, went to uh, Abilene Christian. He ended up getting drafted second round to the Bears. He was a battle just because, like, he was just so good. And then he'd get on offense. You knew he was going to get the ball, and then he'd get the ball and then score it on you. So it was, like, it was just crazy. Um, but then you get to the league and just, yeah. I mean, Joe Hayden and and D'Angelo Hall oh. and Brandon Carr strong behind. Um, so, got so. to give love to – I give love to Sterling Moore. I always, everybody asks me, who's somebody unheralded? I'm like, Sterling Moore. Like, they're like, who? I'm like, man. Right. This dude was always sound on his technique. He always would match right. up with teams number one and didn't care. He he was like, I'm gonna go right. lock this dude down and got no love for it. Um, right, right. I mean, just see that like everywhere I went, there were some teams Crazy. that were number one guys. And really, once they saw that I would take the top off on them, they really were like, okay, hold on now, we can't let him bomb me in practice. But they were battling, oh. man. just just <laughs> going up against the teams number one because I knew going up against D Hall, you had to be on your stuff. Like you can't. Oh. Come out your break, little rounded. He's gonna pick it off. He's going to make it happen. Did, and then didn't you he have cut. a game where he had like five picks or something? I don't even yeah. remember. Just some ignorant. Yeah. I remember looking yeah. at it and like, this doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it was. It was. Four, I think it was four picks against Jay Cutler in Chicago. Um, it was. It was like, why are you still throwing it over there? But Jay Cutler's like, <laughs> I'm finna throw it. Like I don't care. Uh, but yeah, dude, that's that was D Hall though. Like if if right. the ball was off a little bit, if you weren't able to get to it, like his ball range, skills on a his thousand. wingspan, he's gonna pick it off. Like his catch was ninety nine. Like, spectacular yeah. catch, nine spectacular catch, ninety nine. He he was one. He's <laughs> just a guy that if you make if you mess up, he's gonna make you pay oh, for it. So so many it. guys, so many guys. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry. Okay, question number three, and we kind of touched on it. We talked about Sterling, but maybe continuing on Sterling or another player that you thought really never got their just due, never really got the opportunity to be the superstar that that they deserve to be. 
Yeah. I mean, obviously, we could keep on Sterling. I mean, he played for a very long time and, and yeah. played in Super Bowl. He was in my TV room. It was crazy. Yeah. You know, you shared crazy. the room with him. Like, he went yeah. to SMU, but just had success. He played for a really long time coaching down there in New Orleans. Um, yeah. One of the guys that I was forever in awe of when I got to Dallas was this guy by the name of Will Pettis. And I Dang. say Will Pettis is the best pound-for-pound all-around football player I've ever been around. Um, Will Pettis. Will Pettis, yes. He scored five different ways when we played against Orlando. Jay Gruden's Orlando Predator team. This man what took league a kick was to the house. The Arena League. This was in the, the Arena, arena League. Okay. And, and he took a, a kickoff to the house. He had a pick six. He threw a touchdown pass. He caught a touchdown pass. And then he right, ran <laughs> one in as well. Dude scored five different ways. About 6'2", 198, maybe a little 202, but long, could yeah. play DB, receive, just all-around talented Amazing. dude. Amazing. He, he told me, like, when he did get shots at the league, his stories were like, sometimes if you didn't know your play, he had some vets who would tell him the wrong play, the wrong route to run. And so he was quickly getting put on the back, on the back burner because he didn't know his plays. You know, wow. um, and, and frankly, I learned from that. Like I learned from that knowing, okay, if I get to the league, I need to know everything. I don't want to ask nobody no questions. Right. But, but Will P was a guy like, I don't know, I feel like you just say he was like Justin Jefferson or just somebody who was super talented, could Crazy. do it all and just never got that opportunity. He definitely deserved it though. Damn. Shout out to Pettis. Sheesh. Okay. Man, that's five five touchdowns in the game. That's that's crazy. But um, okay, next question: What is the best thing a coach has done for you? Man, I've I've had a lot of coaches just fill a lot of roles over time and through life. I mean, I go back to Pee Wee League. Uh, coach Silas, Coach Rick, he used to pick me up for practice every day. Right, he used to pick oh, me wow. up for practice and take me there. My mom was at work. He would swing through, pick me up, pick up another kid, and take us to practice. My mom could pick us up after practice. Um, I mentioned Coach Roulette going above and beyond to put a highlight tape together so that kids could go to school. Like, we he didn't know what the recruiting game was like back in 98, right. 99. Like, it wasn't like it is Jeez. now. Yeah. And we're not a good school. And, you know, frankly, I wasn't all, like, I, wasn't, I, I was not about to write a scholarship letter or essay to get you know, I, right. I, I, I didn't want to do that stuff right. um so for him to do that like i was like i don't want to take a test to go to school to take more tests like i you know whatever i i want to play ball somewhere and then i'll get my education while i'm there i mean i that's that was that was the truth of it that was the fact of the matter and then when i got there i was like right, okay right. let me take this education seriously but right. him going through that effort to put tapes together and get coaches in and actually have newman smith getting People get recruited. I mean, we were we were yep. not very good, and to have Amazing. people come by and you know kids get scholarships that was big. And I, if it wasn't for that, like I'd probably be another kid just hanging around the city and hanging around Carrollton and have never really went on to ascend to anything, um, just out of complacency and not really knowing. So you know, those couple opportunities right there are big, big, big opportunities made big impact on their life. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. That's amazing that. The fact that your coach like proactively created a highlight tape. I don't I've never I've never heard of that. I'm sure there are a bunch of coaches doing it, but I've never heard of that. So that's amazing. Especially back then, like 
you even before me. Like, you know, we go on VHS tapes. I, we were still like VHS tapes on the uh, on the on the film. Like, and DVD just came in like right. Like, I graduated high school seven. So, I mean, that VHS for those who don't know, that was that was a labor of love. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. What I mean? you had to really watch tape. Like, it ain't no just go to YouTube. No, you had to really make an effort. What? And if you missed it, if it went back too far, you like, dang. You hit that button too many times to jump to the beginning. You're like, dang. Oh, yeah. Where were we at, man? We was at 32 minutes in, man. You got, now you got to fast forward. and uh, Be kind and rewind, man. If y'all know exactly. what that means, you're exactly. far too young. Look that up. <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate you, bro. So you already know where we're going next. So you get done playing ball, you play a long time, right? Most people don't can't imagine year one, year two, year three, year four, right? You're entering five plus. So you're like a a real NFL player, right? Like I was there, but you know, I only have one more career tablet than most of the people listening on this call. I was there. Right. Like I was active enough games to, you know what I mean, get what I needed to get done, get those credited seasons. But I wasn't playing. You were there. You're a star. You had such a crazy story. And I know people listen to this. They're thinking, all right, what do I know of Anthony Armstrong? He runs like a four one. I've seen it up close. You know what I mean? <laughs> I had to make sure I was going to make the team. I had to get off of him. <laughs> but coming back up <laughs> like that's one on one. Here comes Anthony Armstrong. Oh, gosh, you good? You want you know what I mean? When DB start looking at each other, like if you, especially during camp, so it's cut time. Y'all can, y'all can line up here. But, 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 but seriously, I don't think people really understand. You touched on it a little bit earlier, your story coming out of college, getting to the NFL. So if you can, before we get into all the amazing stuff you've done post ball, please just walk us through you getting to the NFL. For sure, man. So, I mentioned before, I went to West Texas and in and, and my senior year, there was a game where I ended up getting injured. Um, ended up fracturing a wrist here in my ligament. I played the last month of the year with this splint on my hand so I could catch. Like, I just needed him to bend my hand like this, right? That's, that's as far as it bends back right now in comparison to here, right? So you can wow. see the difference in range of motion. So I had this splint on and I played the last month of the year and ended up getting undrafted. Had surgery in that January. Got a call from the Dolphins. No, not the Dolphins, from the Falcons. They're like, hey, we want to bring you into the rookie tryout right at camp. So we get down there, meet Roddy White. He's showing me around, introducing me to the coaches and stuff. We get into the team meeting. They come in and tap me on the shoulder, and they're like, hey, you failed your physical. You got to go back, back, to, uh, back to Amarillo. I ain't been there but 12 hours. Man, so they, they literally cut me the very next day, 5 a.m. I wasn't even on nobody contract. This was a tryout. But I get down there, and I'm gone literally the next day, all because I failed my physical. I had just come out of surgery. Uh, so that 05 year, I was all depressed at the at the crib uh, up there in Kenya. I had another semester of school to do, like four, six hours, something like that. But, man, I'm up there depressed, man, drinking beer, playing playing NCAA all day. And then eventually we played some flag football. And I was like, man, I can still ball. I can still do this. Let me give it a yeah. try. I had no clue where I was going to go, how I was going to do it. And honestly, Mike, I thought I could just get healthy and call the same scout back. 
right? The same guy. <laughs> I had dude's number still, and I could look it up. And I was like, okay, Shepley Hurd, who's actually like the director of pro personnel with the Falcons. So I should holler at him and be like, hey, man, uh, how you doing? Uh, but anyways, I called him, and he's like, well, you actually need to get some game tape now. You haven't played for a whole year. I'm like, all right, bet. So I called a teammate who had an agent, and he was like, I know a coach who's, who's going to be coaching a team in Odessa. Do you want to go down there? They said, they'll take you. I said, well, shoot, let's do it. Packed up my car, drove down to Odessa. We were practicing in a parking lot on the corner of a major intersection. They rolled the turf out in the parking lot. Um, so we're literally a sideshow uh, in the middle of o Odessa, Texas, practicing. I had a rock in my hand at one point from falling on the gravel, uh, the gravel concrete. And uh, I told myself this much. I said, look, I can, I can only be here one year. I have to graduate every single year to another level or else I'm done. Like, I can't play $200 a game and think that's going to be a career. I, no, it ain't happening. So literally played there, skipped a week, went to a tryout. That's where I ran my first 4-2, at least, at least timed. Uh, turned a lot of heads. People was like, who the hell is this dude? And... So, you know, I had some arena teams handing me cards and whatnot. Finished the year. I was signed to play with the Arena 2 team. And about a week before reporting to training camp, the Desperados called, hey, we want to bring you in for a workout. And we're going up against the Austin Wranglers. It was Dion's team. And just showed up there. And they were like, we want to sign you to the practice squad. So I uh, spent time on practice squad, living at my mama's house, living at my mama's house in my childhood room, driving to Texas Stadium for practice in the morning, leaving from there to drive to Frisco to go to the mall to work at the jewelry store from about 3.30 to 9, 9.30. So uh, I, that was my day. Go to practice, then leave. I would literally bring a suit. I'd be in there. They're wow. like, where are you going to go? I'm like, I'm going to work. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah. Like, shoot, I, I don't know. I, this is practice squad. I, I got to make some money. Like, I ain't trying to. You know what You're I'm saying? You're on a practice like, at a, at a, yeah, a, a yeah, I ain't making that much money, right? And then, yeah. fortunately, when I got activated, the job was still very flexible. They were still cool with it. So I did that two years in Dallas. We lose in the playoffs in 08. And it, this was universe, kismet, God, you name it. Right. The coach breaks the meeting down. Good season, guys. Y'all can go home, go pack up, pack up your lockers. My phone rings within 10 seconds of this man closing the meeting. It's a 954 number. I had the old, old Nokia, you know, candy bar phone, so it wasn't no caller ID. But I knew it was Florida. I pick it up, and they're like, hey, this is Brian Gain with the Miami Dolphins. We want right. to bring you in for a workout. I was like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm hype. Inside, right. I'm hype. Everybody else is sad because they season over with. One dude's like, man, I paid for a cruise and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, Miami, <laughs> like, what? So, man, literally we go back and forth for like almost a month to finally get a workout in Miami. Uh, when I get down there for the workout, they're like, okay, we like you, but we got to sign these rookies. We had, they had uh, Jake Long, Chad Henney that year in 08. They're like, we got we to gotta sign these guys. We don't know how long they're going to take. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. It could be a month. I was like, well, send me back to my destination. I was on vacation at the time. These suckers sent me back. When I get there, they're like, hey, we want to sign you. Come on back. So I'm like, dang. <laughs> All right. I packed my little week's worth of clothes. 
And then I didn't go back to Dallas. I went to Miami, texted my roommates. I said, yo, uh, I said, gangsters don't die. They get chubby and moved to Miami. It was at Lil Wayne. <laughs> and they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm in Miami now. I ain't coming back, right? Like, I ain't coming. I got right. signed by the Dolphin. And they're like, what? That's crazy. I'm like, yeah, feed my fish. You know what I mean? Take care <laughs> of the house for me. Like, we good. And so that's right. how I got to the league, man. That's how I got there. I mean, I'm locker mates with uh, Joe, Joey Porter when we got into the season. And Ronnie wow. Brown was there. Will Allen. All these names. Wow. And I'm, I'm like well, a, yeah. Yeah, Will Allen. I'm like a, I'm like a 26-year-old rookie. Right. So like on one side, I'm like, are they going to try me like a rookie? But then on the other side, I'm like, well, I am a rookie. So let me kind of like, I'll, yeah, give me the helmets. I'll carry them. Don't worry. You know, y'all ain't finna punk me into it, but let me just go on and do it. Right. So yeah, that's how I got there. And that was a team where they signed people, try them out. If they didn't do it in the game, they cut them. And I was just, I'm, I'm on practice squad. Like, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. I don't want to play. <laughs> because if I mess up, y'all go fire me. Man, it eventually got cut that next year, but I made right. it to Washington in 09 and was able to kind of build a little bit of a career over there. But the path to the league, never before seen. Never before seen. I don't, and honestly, I don't think anybody wants to do it. Um, I mean, if I, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to sit there and say, because I mean, I'm, I'm fortunate with the fact that starting Odessa, starting there, rather than being where there were guys that had, had been in the league headshots and they work their way down and they're trying to go back up, that's harder. And it's yeah, difficult to do yeah. it from 23 from the bottom, but I got to learn from their experience. Right. I mean, had, you know, Darren Graham, receiver that went to Indiana, yeah. very talented, learn from him, watch him do, do, do his thing. So I just learned from him. I'd take his little bit, bit of insight, his skills and learn from it. And I was so fortunate to have older brothers in a sense to, to look up to on my way up the up to the league, so I'm wow. thankful to those guys. Amazing story, man! Amazing story. So honestly, I, that's like the craziest league story that I know of. I'm sure there are like other stuff, but for me, that's I just it's hard for me to conceptualize. Literally having someone roll out the turf on the side of an interstate <laughs> in a parking lot for you to practice. I, yeah. I, for me, I probably would have just said, you know, God bless. Uh, that might have been Bruh. it. That, 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 not, not probably. That would have been it. That hey, been it and, and I wouldn't have been mad at you too, man. And, I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I will say, I will say this. I am very thankful that the, that coach at that time, it was two coaches for that whole season, but the one that started it, he was like, man, this team owner, like previously, they didn't feed you in training camp, they didn't house you, nothing. So like we had, a, fortunately had a hotel room and, They'd bring Taco Cabana for lunch and stuff. So we eat like fast food or stuff. But it but I come from D2, right? I come from yeah. a D2 where it's like you pack your own bag. You put your bag on the bus. You take your bag to your room. You put it back on the bus. You put your bag into your locker at the game. So when I got to the Desperados, the very first game I traveled, Michael, they were like, yeah, just put your stuff there and we'll pack it up for you. And I didn't trust it. I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I'm saying? And this is a pro level. You know, this is the same guys that packed Marcus Ware and Tony Romo. Like, they work with the Cowboys, and they also work with the Desperado. I didn't trust it. 
I packed my own tennis shoes. I packed my own tennis shoes in my carry-on just in case. Because I was like, man, if y'all mess around and don't bring my tennis, I can't play. Right. And I don't want to oh. be like, well, where are your shoes? You should have packed them. So I packed my own shoes just in case wow. everything made it there. Uh, and that's when I had to start to let go of that superstitious stuff of wearing the same thing every wow. year. Wow. Yeah. Because they would they started changing our shoes. I First game in Washington. I'm like, man, where the hell are my cleats at? They're like, oh, we got you new ones. I'm like, but I bowled in those. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I need to wear those again. they like, ah, right, you get a new pair. I'm like, all right, well, wow. better ball again in these. You know what I mean? Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So with all that it took for you to get to the league, in my mind, and I think probably everybody listening to this, you'd have to kill me, right? before you pried me away from it. So maybe talk to me about the tension around, you know, the end of your NFL career, your playing career, and how hard it was for you to, you know, really just move on in general, right? Because what we already know is it costs you a lot, more than most, right? So maybe talk about that a little bit. Man, the transition out, it really the, the end of it kind of started in 2012, um, I mean, I, I had an injury in training camp. I was having a bomb training camp, too. 2012 training camp, I was probably having the best camp from anybody on the team. Right. Like, I was already pissed off from the previous year because y'all drafted three and then signed two and tried to get right. me out of here. Uh, so I was pissed. I was coming in there, right. like, ready to take my spot back, ready to put up some yards, right. and I get this shoulder separation. Then it gets literally down to the last minute. You know, they got to tell you by 4 o'clock Eastern. I'm sitting right. in the car. I haven't heard any news. I'm looking on right. Twitter. I'm getting tweets talking about Armstrong going to get traded. I'm like, wow. I ain't heard. I'm calling my agent. I'm like, what's up? Da, da, da. He's like, I don't know anything. I end up getting cut from Washington. Mike Shanahan has no explanation. Bruce Allen has no explanation. So I'm pretty pissed off. You know, I, and I, but I felt it. I felt it before it happened. And, and to, be honest, to be honest, I did take a few things out of my locker ahead of time because I wanted to make sure I got a few souvenirs. Um, but that's neither here nor there, right? I was like, let me make sure I get, I'm going to get this stuff up out of there because y'all acting funny with my money. Um, but either way, I get cut. Miami picks me up, and they're literally like, hey, can you be on the next plane in like 30 minutes? I'm like, at least give me two hours, right? Give me two hours. Had, had a lot of life changes going on at that moment, but went back, went down to Miami, and, and that was just crazy because to just literally have three years in an offense and then have to switch and go to this new offense and they do hand signals and it's no huddle and it's fast paced. And I'm like, I'm trying to learn. I spent <laughs> seven hours the first day and I, I pride myself on knowing my stuff and, and right. knowing my offense. But dog, I spent like seven hours the first day watching a film, just, just trying to figure out the hand signals, like the formation signals and this and this, and here's a play. And I'm trying to remember, okay, that was this and this is this. But either way, Spent a little time in Miami, got cut. Jacksonville got cut. Made my way to Dallas, finally. Um, went, went through Cleveland. Finished up in Cleveland in training camp. Um, but I, I kept two voicemails in my phone. And it, was over this, it took about three years, I would say, is the time for transition out of the game. When it's not on your terms, at least. I can speak to uh, that. The first year was a lot of anger. Pissed off. If I watch the game, I'm hating on somebody. 
right? Like, right. It's just, man, why he dropped that ball? I could have caught that. <laughs> why, why he ain't down that inside of the two? I could have made that play. You know, that right, type right, of right. stuff, right? I was very right. angry. Year number two, I just kind of disconnected from ball. I was like, eh, Sunday, oh, Sunday at noon? Bet, I'm finna go mow the yard. Like, I'm finna do something other than sit in front of here and watch this TV. Year three, I finally just kind of came to terms. It was like, I'm not playing. Uh, I don't see this. I don't think this is going to happen again. And then that's when I returned them two phone calls. And I actually, I returned the phone calls before I went to Cleveland. Uh, one of them was Kyle Shanahan. And that's when he was like, do you want to still play ball? And I was like, absolutely. Uh, so that was my, that, that thanking him for my time in Washington opened the door to get to Cleveland, uh, even though. Uh, that was still my. That was my last team. It was still cool so to kind of get voicemail, that opportunity. So the voicemail was what you said. You kept two voicemails. What was the voicemail? Yeah, that the voicemail. It, Kyle's was like, "Hey, thanks for everything." It was after I got cut in Washington. He's like, "Thanks for everything." Uh, um, there were some differences in the in the you know in the in the in the building, and kind of left it at that. But I was like, "Man, get you! I ain't calling you back. You got me right, cut, right. right?" That was what I was thinking. I'm like, "You cut me." Right. Uh, I had a call from another coach at the same, you know, similar, uh, similar phone call. And I called them both back and I was like, just want to say thanks. I appreciate that. Because after, after being through year two, I was like, or I, I really wasn't year two. I just, either way, I got over it and I called yeah. them back and then I got that opportunity. But still, still three years after, man, that, that wow, you kind of have to separate. You just learn like that ain't a part of your life. That's not a part of your identity anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's a part of who you are. But it's like, I'm not Anthony Armstrong NFL receiver right now. Like I'm in another profession. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to build up myself in another Avenue in another column rather than always getting leaned on from the guy, you know, and from, from back in Washington doing the Dougie. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to you know separate from that. Now I can say I'm, I'm more, I'm, I'm happier to put that stuff out there, you know, that I did that because that stuff is cool. You know, I I didn't have, I didn't have stuff. The stuff you see in the back, this stuff was not on the wall. This stuff was packed up. It was wow. packed up in a Tupperware upstairs. Shells <laughs> didn't have all these helmets and footballs on there. I literally, I was, I was probably more mad at football than anything. Really? That I, I was like, man, forget that. I'm gonna go do something else and show you how successful I can be in this other avenue. You know what I mean? Right. So it was a, it was a tough transition. It was a tough transition. And, and the toughest part is not having that locker room, not having yeah. your your boys with you, not having like it's it's one thing to have like have your wife, have your girl, but they they fill a certain void. You yeah. know what I mean? Your homeboys fill a certain void, but your teammates in the locker room, that's another animal. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's what that's what you miss. And it's tough to replicate it. You don't just go, you don't just go to a restaurant, or go to a bar, and then, oh yeah, this is just like the locker room. No, it ain't. It ain't the same. It ain't the same. <laughs> Plus, you got to be around. You want to be around people who have been through it, who have the same mentality. Right. It's like so stuff that people complain about now. I don't. I don't have much patience for it. I, I, right. I will appreciate it and I will honor their, you know, their disdain. But I'm like, yeah, they're like it's hot. I'm like, yeah, we'll put on pads and a helmet and have to go <laughs> run into another human being doing this. Full speed. And like, yeah, I could never. Yeah, full speed again and again exactly. and again, right? For again, two weeks yeah. straight, right? For practice. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the, the transition was tough. Um, definitely a lot better now, looking back better. at it, being able to kind of enjoy what was done, show it to the kids. And it means different. It's different meaning now. Well, wow. So you get done, you return a voicemail to Shanahan, get back, and then now you get out of it and you're like, all right, I'm done, I'm done. Talk to me about your process and your ability to create a life post-ball. Because, you know, I know you for being a tactician, right? We went camp together in Dallas. I know you for being the consummate professional. Talk to me about how long it took you to develop your own routine in, 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 in your new life and hmm. what sort of things helped you develop that routine. See, man. It's a work in progress now, honestly, man. I'm I'm Talk like about ten it. I'm I'm ten years out of the game, right? Twenty twenty three, uh twenty thirteen I was in Dallas. So it's been literally been yeah. ten years, over ten years from from doing the Dougie on uh, on <laughs> Green Bay. Yeah. I've literally just now past couple past couple years just listening to a lot of self development stuff and just getting I gotta treat my day like a practice script. Like I got like I have a practice script. Right. Talk about and it. If you have you don't realize what that structure does for you being an athlete and knowing you open up your itinerary, six AM wait, seven AM breakfast, eight AM meetings, ten AM offense, then we on the field. Like that right there that helps you up, helps me operate at the highest level. Cause if I look and I don't, and I got a big block of nothing, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I'll go play on my phone or go play the game. I'll go just, I'll do anything. But if I right. put it on that schedule and I put it on my itinerary for the day, it's helpful. Um, yeah. And then now, frankly, one of the things I've been thinking about is I'm the head coach of my house, right? Mm -hmm. I got to build out the systems. You know, I got to be able to yeah, yeah, operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to, I got to put, you know, the wife in the situation to be most successful. I got to make right. things build out. So the kids are most successful um, and learning how to manage that and, and like managing the financial side of things and budgeting right. and all of that, 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 that stuff is, you miss that when you don't, when you're playing, like ain't nobody in there, like giving you life lessons while you in the league. Like, man, hey, look, we play giants this week. You know, we play in the Philly. They got Asante Samuel. Look, when he does this, you're going to do this. Like, that's what you're worried about. You're not worried about the day-to-day -day operations of things. And when you get out of the game, or really any sport, when you get out of the game, you miss that structure. You miss having, as, as, as much as it sucks, to have somebody always tell you what to do and be on you all the time. You miss that. You miss that. Being self-employed, you're the best boss and the worst boss at the same time. Is this right. best boss will give you any any work schedule? You gonna work remotely? Sure, you can work from Bali, absolutely. But are you really gonna work in Bali? You get what I'm saying? Right. Because right. you don't have to. I can go slow. I can do this all day, and I'll just get it at, at ten o'clock at night. Like, you know what I mean? So finding that, finding how to prioritize properly, prioritize. I think that's key. Um, I, I limit how much you're trying to get done in a day. I I, I tend to put ten things on a list. And there'll be 10, like, two or three-hour tasks. But whenever mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, How'd hold you get on, maybe to I can How'd you get to 10? I just get out of my head. Right. I and literally, just, like, iterating, I just, like, you're seeing how it's coming, and then you're like, you know what, 10 feels about right? Okay. No, it's not a specific number that I get to. I'll just, like, if I'm writing down, like, things I need to get done, either around the house or with work, I'll just write them all down. 
And then I'll say, okay, I'll work off of this list. And then I realize I'm like eight of them are left. And I'm like, some of these don't need to be done today. Some of them can be done next month. Some of them can be done six months down the line. So what I've been allowing myself to do is to get all that stuff out of my head. Cause I will all, I'm always thinking right. and give myself a chance to get it out of my head and on paper. And then I can say, when does this need to be done? All right. Right. Like I can do, I can do this in October. So I'll just put it on my calendar for something to address in October. Um, right. But spreading that stuff out has helped me a lot now because right. I sure will be walking around with a whole bunch of stress and anxiety trying to know. do everything. And so, you can't man, do it all. You say that, and and I think for me, you know, especially now, like I've been working in Fortune Ones and stuff like that, like in the super corporate world. One of the things I found is that, man, the easiest way to reduce like anxiety is through like your own awareness and action, right? And I think as athletes, we naturally have a bias for action, but a lot of times when you're not playing ball, that awareness, to your point, right, like. We're not even aware of all the different things going on within the environment, right? So when we're when we're outside a ball, now we have to create these systems. While we already have it, we don't have any experience doing it. You're right. You are 100% yeah. on it. So, yeah, that brings me to my next point. I want to talk to you about, you know, you mentioned anxiety. You mentioned stress and stuff like that. One of the things about you that I always recognize is that you're obnoxiously calm, right? Like the consummate professional, but it always seems like you had things at even kill, right? And when I think about a lot of former players like managing with life after ball, they talk a lot about how they have difficulty managing stress. So I'm curious, like what is your what is your what's your method? How have you done it? Are you just born like this? What's going on? What's your story about how you manage stress so well and stay calm? Man, I manage stress truly by getting into meditation. And Good. practicing, I've been practicing like it's a lot of breath work. Um, I use the, the whoop and it has a um, like a relaxing breath thing. It's by Dr. Andrew Huberman. And, oh, yeah, I love Huberman. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Wim Hof guy on the breathing, but yeah, yeah. Huberman's awesome too. See, I, well, I, 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 what I've always done is I'll pay attention to what people say is the best to do whatever, the best to do this, the best to do that. Right, right, right. I'm willing to try it, right? Yeah. Like I look and I see like Eastern, uh, uh, is it Eastern medicine? Like over in China yep. and Asia and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, they do stuff. And I'm like, well, I ain't never seen, you know, a, a, an Asian person that's obese, you know, in, in China, maybe it's until they get Americanized, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I say, hmm they must be doing something right, right? So either way, I see things like meditation. And I know for me, especially in the past couple of days, if I meditate early in the day, it makes my day so much easier. It don't mean that it takes a task away, but I'm able to handle it so much more. Um, I use the analogy of saying, um, like if I'm carrying a, an aquarium of water, and if you shake it, you know how that thing is going to shake it. You're going to be all yeah. over the place. Well, if I if I meditate, to start my day, regardless of how much that water shakes, I'm cool. I'm I'm cutting right through it. It don't make no difference. Um, right. But I, I've I've always tried to stay calm because number one, generally good decisions don't happen when you come from a a bit of high high emotion. Either way, right? If you're yeah. overly sad, right. you make some decisions that are questionable. If you're overly angry, you make some decisions that's questionable. Um, and I let those feelings happen, but 
I'm making myself wait to make those decisions until I'm kind of back at a even keel, better level of homeostasis. But ultimately, it, it really comes down. And, I, and I've, thought, I've just come to this realization lately that my dad passed from undiagnosed hypertension. So that's high blood pressure, um, you know, all of that. And for me, having three kids Chronic now, we're on the way. It, yeah. And, and I, he, my dad died right before my sixth birthday. My oldest just turned six. So like earlier this year, I was like, man, I'm at that same point that my dad was when I was at age. You know what I'm saying? So like recently, I mean, I say recently, but I have been doing it, but even more so it's like, you got to make sure that you take care of yourself because I'm trying to be here for somebody. You get what I'm saying? I'm trying to be here long term. But breathing, breath work is something that's big. I use the Calm app, you know, whenever I am meditating more consistently. I mean, it takes 10 minutes. Don't got to be an hour. You don't got to sit on the pillow right. on the top of a mountain. <laughs> like you could just sit in, sit in your office, close your eyes for two minutes and focus on your breath and you'll feel it. your heart rate come back down. You know, so living in that space is huge. Um, even, but even, but even playing the game, like you, I mean, you know it. Like there's eighty thousand people in in a stadium, millions of yeah. people watching. Mm-hmm. They call your number, or you line up against the number one receiver. You like they probably gonna throw in this rock on third down. What yeah. you gonna do? You gonna get nervous, or you right. gonna focus on your fundamentals and focus on what you do every single day? That that that's where I want to stay. I want to be in that place where it's like I don't care if it's if I'm going against Deion Sanders. Or or Shiloh Sanders, I'm I'm gonna still be even key. I may be inside, kind of geeked up, like man, it's prime, but I'm yeah, still yeah. gonna be like we right now. We on the same level. We both yeah, in the league. Are. I'm gonna stay relaxed. I'm gonna stay calm about it. But I I definitely much rather prefer to stay calm and not get too up and down. Um, it's just I think things are a little bit easier that way. It makes me have a clearer vision. I love it. I love it. I love it. And you know, you're now in the real estate game. And one of the things I always talk to like former ball players about is the feedback loop, right? So anytime we're playing ball, we practice, everything is captured on camera, right? The drills, right? One-on-one, indie, run, special teams, whatever. And we're looking at the tape that day together or worst case, latest case, the next day together, right? So no good deed goes undone, uh, goes unpunished or bad deed, excuse me. You're now in a game where you might show a house, you might scope a property to invest, buy, or whatever, and the sales cycle, the deal cycle, might be three, six, nine, one year, two years. Talk me through how you've kind of built up that sort of patience. I mean, we've seen it with you get into the league, so I imagine that has something to do with it, but... Talk to me about your patience in the real estate game now and these new endeavors that you're that you're you're embarking on. Man, the to to be able to navigate the real estate world, um, it, it comes down to daily action. It just comes down to what you're doing mm-hmm. on the day to day basis, right? Because, like you said, even if I get somebody under contract today, it's gonna still take a month before it closes. And there's right. a lot of things that can happen throughout there. And, and you know, mentioning <laughs> systems and, and being able to keep things on the same itinerary the whole way through. And that, that repetition, that, that is what helps you get through day to day. And it's, it's, it's just one of those things, man. You just, 
Hmm. I use no. I know that I have to do. If I do my job today, it's going to affect where I'm at in six months, three to six months. You right. Know, if I got, if I call ten people today, even if they don't pick up, but I leave ten voicemails, that action is going to pay off in the end. Right. Like it's the people that are running hills right now, and ain't nobody watching. That's going to pay right. off in the end. Right. But in the same in the same breath, there's somebody that's like, I ain't finna run no hills until I'm on a team. Well. What do you do if you get a workout? You're going to be out of shape as hell. And yeah. now you're going to be like, well, they ain't give me no chance because I wasn't in shape. Well, then get in shape. Right. Right. You have to do the work to be put yourself in a position right. to take advantage of the opportunity. Yeah. Like, I mean, you see people just in life where it's like they want something, but I'm like, you ain't doing the smallest actions that are going to put you in a position to receive that when it does show up. You know what I mean? And who knows how far along it is, but I, mean, I right. tell kids now, I'm like, you want to go to the league? I'm like, you got to wait till you're at least 17, 18 to get to college. Then you got to be <laughs> a year or two removed from high school, right? So you're you're 15 right now. You got at least three right. years, maybe another couple more years. Of, if you ain't that dude in college, you probably got another five to seven years. What right. are you doing today? What are you doing? Yeah. Today? Yo, you, oh, you, oh, you going to play mad. You going to play uh, Call of Duty. You ain't right. ran not near route. You ain't caught not near pass. Yeah, <laughs> but you mad because you ain't on the team. It's like you know what I'm saying. So, make the sense. same thing with real estate. Like, if I don't got nothing in my pipeline, that's because I haven't been doing the work. And 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 really, I got into real estate because I wanted to be in control of that. Like, you know, on the field, you could you could take every single rep in practice, every single rep, and they may still be like, "Hey, man, I appreciate your help, man. You good?" And I'm like, I'm like y'all ain't. That ain't, that ain't, that ain't how, how, how y'all sold it to me, right? Yeah, you, told, you sold me one thing and you do something else. And you get into this business, or at least self-employed, like you know the work that I put in is either A, is going to pay off, or the work I don't put in, that's going to have a have a, a cost to it as well, right? It's either right. income or, or uh, that's not an outcome, but it's expenses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Both come out of make cost. some phone calls, better get active. Right, right, right. They really right. do. They really do. <laughs> and and now, right now, if you're talking to yourself, right, because you're such a knowledgeable brother, if you're talking to someone who's maybe in college, right, and they're they're recognizing that, you know what? Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. It's not going to shake out, right? It, it doesn't look like the next level, whatever league it is, is going to make sense. Or someone who's um, you know, majoring in one particular area in school or working in one particular field and they're thinking about transitioning into something else. For all these people transitioning into something else, what sorts of things would you tell them to keep them grounded and confident in making that jump into something new, something foreign, as you've done so well? Yeah. Man, you know, there's there's two ways that, that I that I go with that when people are chasing dreams because I'm I've never been one to tell you to stop pushing for what you want to get to. Um, I mean, I, I I played in Odessa, Texas for $200. I had plenty of opportunity to be like, I'm good. I'm really good. I'll go work in somebody's office, air conditioning. I, I ain't got to do that stuff. But I knew where I wanted to get to. You know what I mean? Right. And you, you, you have, what gives me the confidence is when I do the action. And if I'm taking the action, then, I, then it, like you mentioned earlier, it takes away that anxiety. You know that you've done the work. Tony Sperano would say it, and you know and know you know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And and sometimes 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 that pivot may not be what you need because I find that that shows up multiple times in your life because there's probably another time that you got to a point of difficulty and you said, mm, that ain't for me. But is it is it not for right. you or is it at a level that you're not ready to make another jump? What is, yeah. there may be a little bit more required of you. You get what I'm saying? So, Talk about so, it. So, I mean, you, you may, yeah, I get it. Like, you know, oh, I ain't going to get to the league. Maybe I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm, if you want to pivot, that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But whenever you in this new industry and you get to about year five and you start to feel this inkling, <laughs> like, I don't know, that you may need to try to push past that because that same right. exact moment is going to show up again and it's going to show up this. again and it's going to show up again. So that's that's the thing for me. Like, what what did the Georgia Tech coach say? How hard, how, how long are you willing to sprint when you don't know where the finish line is? Oh, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. wanted to get to the league. I'm in Odessa, Texas, playing for $200. I knew where I wanted to get to. I was like, I mean, I love y'all. Y'all cool, but we, I'm not going to know y'all. We ain't going to be, I'm not going to be here next year. <laughs> right? It ain't, it ain't no shade. It's just, I'm not going to be what? here next year. Right. And then you know. again, I ain't going to be know here. You know, I know, know where I'm trying to get to. You know what I mean? Right. So for me, I knew that I could push myself to get past. I knew that I could continue to get going and, and, and keep working to get, to a higher level and and still pivoting out like hell i've had many times in this real estate business where i've been online like man maybe i go work at best buy or something i go get me a regular job i ain't got to worry about chasing these people down and, and carrying on but but then i flip it and i'm like well man you ain't been making the phone calls you haven't been taking the action you get what right. i'm saying so like right. if i if i'm not doing the work how am i how am i getting mad at myself for not making the next step. I haven't even done the work. It's different. It. If you're doing the work, you're showing up and then the stuff just ain't working out. That's right. fine. Maybe you're like, Hey man, I've done all that I can. And outside of cheating and doing illegal ways, you know, I haven't found success. Okay. Then maybe you pivot. That's I get that. But right. I just, I just would tell people to challenge yourself a little bit more, push yourself, push it. yourself past that point of, of, uh, of discomfort. Cause this lesson kind of keep coming up, man. There was a time we went to the beach in Ocean City, me and the wife, and she's a, she's a dive over the waves, go underwater and stuff. Me, not so much. I'm 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 a, a man-made water type of brother, not no wide open ocean type of guy. But I'm standing there watching her jump and dive over these waves. This old guy kind of walks up behind me, and he's like, "Just dive in. It's all calm." past the waves and the waves are the point where everything hits is crashing and that's where people get taken under he's like just go past the waves it's all cool that hits me anytime i hit some point of difficulty an obstruction something that makes me slow down i gotta think it's all calm past the wave this is the same type of impediment that i that i ran into Back when I had to go against the, the top corner, I used to have been going against the threes and the fours. Now I got to go against this one, you know, or when I was in Washington and they say, you're going to block LaRon Landry seven out of 10 plays on inside run period. We never did inside run with the receivers. Now all of a sudden <laughs> they got my 180 pound behind inserting to block LaRon Landry. But I, but I knew that was the day they were testing me. Right. Like, is he, is he going to step up or is he going to get knocked over and we're going to move him out of here? So wow. those moments happen. 
it's all calm past the waves. I love it's, it. It's, it's a little bit of pushback to get there, but I mean, it, it comes with the territory. There's always a an appropriately challenging difficulty or a, a hurdle right before you get to your next level. Ain't nobody ever just walk straight up to the top. <laughs> ain't nobody ever done that. I don't. I ain't never heard of one. Maybe you heard of one, but I, I ain't never seen nobody. Either. Even if the the best athletes, Michael Jordan got cut. Okay, Come on. he's the goat. He got right. cut. Right. You know what I mean? Kobe cool. tore his Achilles, right? Like, and Kobe came back. Yeah, came back. and yeah. still shot the free throw and made it. Like, I don't know. Does you 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 get it. what I'm saying? I already you know get what this I'm saying. This is, if I you just had an need. I play, you'd be rich right now. This is amazing. Baby, man, get it. Put it around <laughs> the right side, though, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed, though, appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for hopping on. How can yes, people sir. reach out to you from a real estate perspective? From a, you know, maybe some people I want to reach out to you that need help with transitioning. I just want to hear your thoughts about Commanders football, whatever the name will be next year or whatever. Uh, how can people reach out to you? That up. Man, we'll start on the, the commander side. I've been doing a podcast called Believe in Commanders. Um, taped that a couple times a week. It's on all your favorite streaming platforms, but it's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Uh, Believe in Commanders is the show. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, Rated Armstrong. I made that tie into all social media. So TikTok, I don't really be on there, but TikTok is Rated <laughs> Armstrong. Uh, Instagram, um, and, and agentarmstrong.realtor. That's my website for the real estate game down here in the DFW area. Um, love to educate you, help people make that next step, get into a house, hell, sell your house, whatever it is. This is a weird market now, so you kind of need to have some education and some guidance before you get out there and try to try to buy something. But I'm here, I'm here for you to help you out. All right, you know. Love it, brother. Thank you so much, man. This was A1. I uh, appreciate you being on the show. You'll probably be back, hopefully, if, if you can make oh, it. Oh, yeah. This is great. Oh, yeah. I'll <laughs> be back, you. man. I appreciate you having me. I'm, it's always good to chop it up with, with folks I lined up with, man, in, in the locker room. And I got to say, I appreciate you. And uh, he said he talked about he only had, like, one tackle more than a lot of people listening. Uh, but you was there. And you got to give yourself <laughs> some credit for that. Like you really, right. really do. And, and I mean, Michael, I used to get frustrated going against you because I'm like, this dude got these long ass arms. And if I don't, if I miss, I'm stuck. If I miss that arm, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm going to punch it. Yeah. Yeah. You go, bow. And it's like, damn, he didn't control you like a steering wheel. But yeah, man, Michael Peller, and no. man, I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on.